My name is Matt Brown. I can care less about what I do. I'm here for a, a team play, you know, I'm here for the team to do well, and if we don't win, then none of that matters. All NBA playoffs today. Let's start the show. They don't matter about what Phil is thinking or anybody's thinking. All that matters is how much do you believe? I believe in you. Everybody, the world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Tuesday, April 11th, 2023. The NBA playoffs begin this week, a two-month journey to the NBA Finals, and we'll see who will be crowned the champion of the National Basketball Association. But before we get into all of that, I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding the show Throughout our social media platforms, we're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at ProdConvoPod, and we're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. So it was a warm, beautiful holiday weekend, at least in the Northeast, whether you celebrated Easter, whether you celebrated Passover, and then we had the Masters take place this weekend a live versus PGA battle and John Rahm is on top representing the PGA. Awesome stuff there. We had the Yankees and Mets play. The Yankees were rocking and rolling. The Mets were okay. And then we had this big UFC match that, you know, broke the internet on midnight on Saturday. Huge knockout heard all over the place. And now we're here. It's a new week. It's a true, like, oh, you know, I know spring has sprung already, but you really feel the spring is here. And there's even going to be some really, like, where we're at in the Northeast, in the tri-state area, there's going to be 80-degree days here. So a nice spring and summer tea season. And with that, and the NBA ending their regular season this weekend as well, that means the playoffs start this week. We have the play-ins taking place this week, and then the official series begins over the weekend so this one of my absolute favorite times of the year covering the nba playoffs the nba playoffs two years ago was the first real big long-term event this podcast covered and we've come a long way ever since and this year the nba really is up for grabs i understand maybe the east coast is a little more predictable but the west coast is wide open and of course we're gonna get all into that but you never know maybe we have a big surprise maybe my new york knicks have something to say and make a statement during this postseason that's basically what i'm really looking forward to the most can the celtics make a deep run after they made it to the finals last year the insane controversy with their former head coach new coach comes in and they win 57 games i mean how about that the Brooklyn Nets are in the playoffs after the embarrassing regular season they had in a PR stance. Kyrie says I'm out. KD gets traded. And Mikel Bridges somehow leads this team to the playoffs and not in the play-in games as well. And can the Sixers, you know, actually do something? Always having dis- just embarrassing and sad early exits in the playoffs. Is this something different with uh, the potential MVP in Joel Embiid? 
uh, and the Bucks with Giannis and the crew. They uh, come up short last season. They win the finals two years ago. And can they get back to glory? And you know, with the playing games as well, the Bulls and the Raptors, see if they can make something. The Heat and the Hawks, they're up and down seasons. What can they do? So that rounds out the Eastern Conference. And then when it comes to the West, with the playing games, New Orleans and OKC, is OKC a team on the rise? And maybe they can sneak in with a win over the Pelicans and what is Zion even going to do and stuff like that. Are the Lakers going to be making a statement? LeBron's playing. Can they take advantage of the Timberwolves as they're fighting each other on the bench and all of that stuff? We'll see if the Lakers make some noise in the playing game. Then we have Denver. Are they going to be legit? Are they a true number one seed? Assuming their team is 100% healthy and their big three in Jokic, Porter Jr., and Murray, I think they could be a team to really look out for. We have the Suns and the Clippers, two franchises who could really use deep runs, especially as if KD's going to be a factor. And can the Suns be legit under their new ownership? Assuming Kawhi can play and without Paul George, are they going to be making a run? The Sacramento Kings are here for the first time since 2006. True darlings in the NBA. And oddly, I still think underrated as a third seed. Darian Fox and Sabonis are fun to watch. And they're going up against Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors, who despite being the reigning champions, maybe take a step back. Can the Kings knock them out early? And we have, of course, the Grizzlies. We know all the controversy they dealt with with John Morant in the middle part of the season, but it seems like that was a long time ago in their eyes, and can they pick up where they left off and make a run as the two-seed? So that will really get us going. That will warm everything up. And I can't wait to talk all things NBA playoffs with the great Hayden Nadler and Fresh Faces New Ideas. This is going to be an action-packed hell of a podcast. And let's get to it right here, right now. Let's break down the NBA playoffs. Fresh Faces and Hayden, it's your guys' turn. Here we go. This is a very productive conversation. Ah, you know it's mid-spring. The regular season is done. And let us start a two-month journey to the NBA Finals. It seems both conferences have various questions. Who's going where? What's going to happen? But all I know is we're about to have a lot of fun covering the NBA playoffs. The NBA crew is here. Fresh faces, new ideas, and Hayden Nadler. Let's do it, boys. Let's start our postseason coverage. How are we doing? Good. How about you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm just, let's get it, you know. Yeah, season's out. over. I wait till next week. Very excited for Tuesday. That's right. That's right. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It really is. But first, before we get into the play-ins, and we'll go through the uh, one through six teams and have a lot of fun there. I just wanted to quickly talk about the teams that fell short, and specifically the Dallas Mavericks. And can we go with the obvious? Is it? Kyrie Irving joins them, and it all falls apart. I mean, literally, they were in the playoffs right before the trade. Kyrie joins, 
And uh, it it looks like a mess, like a true mess. We have Cuban protested games that uh, didn't go his way. Lucas seems upset, even though he's come out and said he's not. But let's be real. You know, there, there's a PR game to all of this. But in terms of the teams that just fell short of the playoffs, are the Mavs the most interesting to you? Did the Mavs fail because they acquired Kyrie Irving? Yes, but not because of Kyrie. It's because of what they gave up. They couldn't, like, when they made the trade, everyone had the same reaction. Besides, oh, shit, you got Kyrie, and now he's going to blow your team up. But the second reaction was, how are you going to guard anybody? Like, they gave away their one good wing defender, and they Mm -hmm. didn't really have a rim protector. And, um, like, uh, Christian Wood wasn't working out. Like, you can't, you you can win by scoring 100,000 points, but, like, you made it to the conference finals last year having a good defense and Luca doing Luca shit. Like you doubled down on the wrong part. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go on a little bit what PC said. I mean, they gave up Dorian, Finney Smith, and uh and um Spencer Dinwiddie, who were both key defenders on that team, the team that made the conference finals last year. So it was just very interesting the fact that, you know, you're gonna take away two key key pieces. And the fact that and, you know, honestly, Jalen Brunson was also a big piece, even from the team the last year. He was one of their primary ball handlers and distributors last year. And, you know, when you add another player like Kyrie Irving, who's so ball-dependent with a player like Luka Doncic, there's not really that much room for the rest of the team to really get the ball. Or there's not much spacing on the court. So it's like when you have two primarily ball, ball-heavy ball players, I mean, it kind of clogs up the rest of the system. So, I mean, their team last year, well, maybe not as star, star-powered on – offensive side of the the ball with those two with uh, Luca and Kyrie definitely had more of a flow and you you saw it throughout the season just those two ball heavy ball dominant players it didn't free up enough room for the rest of the team so they lost a ton of depth um Dorian Freddie Smith like I said Spencer Dinwiddie these were two players that really kind of helped contribute to a lot of their depth and honestly you, you see now when you have two players that play the same style of play it's hard to make the team gel as a whole and look what happened. There were some ugly losses. Teams took advantage. Um, do we even feel Jason Kidd was able to coach these teams together? Do, do we give him any of the blame not being able to find the chemistry with what they did have, uh, what they had with what was given to them? Yes. I, I uh, don't think we really have any evidence that Jason Kidd is that good a coach. Like, in anywhere that he's been. <laughs> Like, like, yeah, it, it sucks losing uh, Rick Carlson, but I, I, I don't think he just could kids that good a coach. Um, I, he wasn't like Milwaukee took off after he got there. Brooklyn was was good for like one season when he was there. Um, you know, he there's no like you know the the idea of him being oh he he was this big guard and he can help Luca. It's the same thing they said about Giannis. I probably <laughs> said Giannis like the wasn't the year he got there, wasn't it the year that they were just like randomly terrible and ended up with the Jabari Parker pick? It was that year, yes. Yeah. Like I don't know how much evidence there is that Jason Kidd actually is a, a good coach. Um, I mean, I wouldn't go so far as saying he's not a good coach. I mean, I feel like he's a pretty decent coach. He has a 508 winning percentage, took Dallas to the conference finals. So I feel like he's he's had some success, but the problem is it's been more sparse than, than sustained. Um, you, you could argue that this team last year, this team right now they had for Dallas was more talented than one last year that they had last year, and they won 52 games. But, I mean, you also oversaw last year they got overpowered by 
they got overpowered by Golden State in the Western Conference Finals, like you, like you've seen last year a couple of those times. With even when Dame Lillard made made to the Eastern Conference, well, not Eastern Conference, Western Conference Finals with mm-hmm. Toronto, with uh, not Toronto, um, Portland. Portland, Portland yeah, yeah. When they made with Portland, I mean, you could see these teams are kind of like one and done when they play Golden State. They're just not quite as able to match up with Golden State in terms of the Western Conference Finals. You see every year a team like Denver or a team like team like Portland or a team like even Dallas has these one-year runs, but they just can't seem to beat uh, the Splash Brothers and, and Draymond. Well, and I mean, let, let's be clear. The Splash Brothers haven't lost a playoff series since 2014. Yeah, they haven't. They've, they've been completely dominant. And like, I mean, honestly, I'm just talking about it right now. I mean, just like, I'm just concerned that the thing with Kidd is kind of going to be a one-year one year deal where he's not going to be able to sustain it. Because um, you could argue they were more talented this year and they didn't perform. I wouldn't uh, necessarily... I wouldn't necessarily say he's a bad coach. I just I think I think we haven't seen enough sustained success to really kind of I think he's still an unknown to be honest. I don't think he's proven that he can elevate a team. Also, this like the other thing is is that, that's deeper is where do they go from here? Like let let's assume that this blatant tank job that they may get penalized for um, mm-hmm. is uh, gets them their tenth pick. Okay, so you have that. You have Jaden Hardy. You kind of have to bring back Kyrie, right? Like, like what are you going to do? I, I mean, maybe yeah, which team is going to want to have Kyrie? Yeah. That's yours for the keep. They might as well. And yeah, I'm sure Kyrie knows too. That, they're also saying that Luca may leave. He may want to request out of Dallas eventually if they. If they well, look, if, if Luca wants out, there's like they're going to get a like jillion draft picks. They have a lot of they have a lot of cap and a lot of uh, salary, and pretty much their entire investment is, is riding on these two players. Who, which is kind of scary, like. You know, because you see when the Nets did it, I mean, but what the Nets were able to do is they were able to get Mikel Bridges in that trade, though. But they had all their investment into KD and, and Kyrie, and it didn't necessarily work yeah, out. If you blow, I don't look. I don't necessarily agree with the philosophy that you're going to bank all your money on. The only time that's ever really honestly worked out in, in the NBA for a, a very long period of time is when the Miami Heat did it with the big three with LeBron. Um, LeBron, Harden, not up, not Harden. LeBron, Bosh, and uh, and D Wade. That was the only time it really worked out. So, um, you know, we've seen it before where they've had two two great players. The Orlando Magic had with Shaq and, and Penny. That only lasted for a couple of years before Penny Hardaway got hurt. So it's like these superstar trios don't necessarily always work out. So I feel like in terms of they say that you could build a team by superstar because there's only five players in the court in the NBA, but like. Doesn't really work out like that a lot of times in the NBA. And also, they were in this. This this is this is like a really rare thing that happens with Luca. Um, it kind of also happened with LeBron, where you have these guys come into these rosters that are kind of rebuilding, and they're just so freaking good that you can't like do the rebuild. Like he's gonna get you, you know, high draft. Not you're not getting like the one pick unless you get lucky. You're gonna so it made a little more sense for them to swing at guys. Unfortunately everyone they swung at they missed. They missed on Porzingis. Um you know the tw- the the twenty twenty nine pick is it's gonna be devastating. Uh, it's gonna be one of those those picks in like two years where we're talking about it is like hey this is the number one trade ship in the NBA right now. It's just Dallas in twenty twenty nine. Like it's it's unprotect. It's unbelievable. Um, so I I don't know where you go. Uh, I don't really know how strong this this free agency class is that they're going to be able to get some of these guys. Realistically, they're going to try to get somebody for Luca. 
OG Ananobi would have been like the perfect guy to get because he would have been able to give him that wing guy who could defend. They could go small with him, and he would have been able to like do a little bit more stuff off the bounce, and that would have let them keep Dorian Finney-Smith. Like, Ooh, like, sorry, sorry, you can go. Isn't all that like like he's good, but you know, there's there's definitely better players than him. Yeah, well, we'll just see how it all pans out. Maybe. Uh, Maybe a team gets embarrassed and seems desperate after the playoffs. And uh, we'll just see how this all unfolds. But now we can focus on the play-in tournament. And we'll start with first things first. So the way it works is the second year they're doing it. Um, and with a 10-seeded bracket for each conference. So this first game we'll talk about the uh, 7 and 8 are going to play. The loser will then play the winner of the 9 and 10 matchup. The and uh, sorry, let me restart that. This is confusing. All right, so there's four teams, seven through ten. The seven and eight play. The winner of that game automatically gets the seventh seed. They'll play the number two seed, whether it's Memphis for the West or Boston for the East. The nine and ten play. The winner of that moves on, and they play the loser of the seven eight game. And obviously, if you lose that game, you're out too. Those two teams play each other, they get the eighth seed, and that's either Denver or Milwaukee. So first, let's talk about the most interesting play-in game. We have the Los Angeles Lakers playing the Minnesota Timberwolves on Tuesday night. Right now, this game is, the spread of this game is that the Lakers are a five-point favorite. And we know on Sunday afternoon, the T-Wolves had quite a miscommunication if you will we literally see rudy gobert squaring up against anderson and um, rudy gobert is suspended he will not be playing in this game in this game you know respect on the morals keeping your word and suspending arguably one of your best players if not your best player on the court in this game and they're gonna have to go up against a lakers team with some momentum but they also have their back against the wall too now the what's lucky about them is whoever loses will still have a chance to uh redeem themselves to get the eighth seed, but a lot of interesting stuff going into this one matchup. And so I'll ask the question here, can the Lakers take advantage of the dysfunction that is taking place amongst the Timberwolves right now? Yes. I mean, this is, this is like the most obvious thing that, that the Lakers are going to run them over. Jaden mm-hmm. Daniels also is out for this game. He broke his hand punching a wall. So, yep. I don't even know what they're – they have no shot at this game. Uh, unless Towns and Anthony Edwards combined for 100, um, <laughs> they're, they're not going to win this game. And it's like the, – the only bright spot for this is you could potentially talk, I think, like – the Hornets into trading for Rudy Gobert in the offseason – yeah, and he's then, definitely want to would like to. You got to get rid of that bait when you can. But but other than that, like this team is such a disaster for their season. But this is this is not going to be a difficult game. The Lakers they've had the the best record in the in the league since the All Star break. Yeah, there's a lot of noise to that of uh, some of the teams they played. But LeBron missed 11 games, so mm-hmm. they're gonna win. It's their that two seed is gonna be a fun matchup. Yeah, no, I I agree with you on that. I think I think the Lakers are going to win that game. But my concern is is that you know when people are seeing this seven eight matchup, the Lakers may say, oh, like they're missing they're missing um, Gobert and Jim McDaniel's the guy who just 
punched his broke his hand. So they're going to see that maybe maybe take them for, for granted a little bit because we've seen it in the past. Um, I want to say the Timberwolves just lost the game when they were nineteen and a half point favorites. To, was it Portland that, that game recently? I want to say yes, it was, it was the team. Say, it was I Portland. Say it was I saw that. They lost. They First lost like every single shitty team. They they lost to Houston. They lost to San Antonio. So like I don't. I'm just concerned. In fact, hopefully the Lakers are. Hopefully they're not coming in riding too high off the fact that they had a very good end to the season and don't take for granted the. T-Wolves, um, I don't think that will happen. Being LeBron James wants to get another ring, ring with in L.A., I, I don't personally think that's ever going to happen. But um, that being said, we've seen it happen in the NBA in the past, so it could be a little bit of a trap game for the Lakers. But, I mean, how could you be Rudy Gobert and be that stupid and take a swing at someone or, or like, break your hand punching a wall? Um, that's just they're, – they're, they're a mess, the Timberwolves, that whole organization as a whole. Um, just losing Tibbs, losing Wiggins – um, Carl Anthony Towns is the last guy standing there, but they've they've been a mess for the last five to six years. Just a complete mess. I mean, not even just on the court, just all the off court drama they've they've had. Um, they just they've been a complete mess, in, in my opinion, the Timberwolves. Um, so I think the Lakers are going to win that game, but just wouldn't shock me if, if the Lakers kind of made it a little closer than what we thought it would be. Mm-hmm. You know, by the time we were speaking, the spread even. They added another three points since I last checked. Now the Lakers are eight point favorites to this. So seems that yeah, nobody really. Uh, it seems like it's LeBron and his team's game to lose. If anything, I mean, just how could you do that if you're Gobert? Like, I mean, you know, you're gonna get like, like, what could you possibly think would be like good about punching a guy in the face? Like, especially when you're just yeah, like the chest. Like, what what possibly good could you think could come out of that? Like, I, I don't really understand. There's also the guy with uh, COVID broke out and, you know, was coughing on the microphones and then was uh, tested positive a few days later. I guess he really is such a hothead and um, left Utah for a reason when they were really had something for a little bit. And yeah, this is this just seems like it's a mess that they need more people off the court to figure it out. But uh you know, Hayden, you did mention how you don't think that the the Lakers will win a ring with LeBron. But do you guys see any ceiling after this game, assuming they win and they'll play Memphis? Could they give them a, 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 a nice battle? Um, oh, yeah, or... definitely. I, I think – I think they're going mean, to beat them. Yeah, you, sorry. You can go on. I think they're going to beat Memphis. They don't have Steven Adams. They don't have Brandon Clark. Uh, uh, Jared Jackson Jr. is going to foul out at least two games. Um Dylan Brooks is going to get suspended in one game because he's going to like punch LeBron in the head. Um, I, I, I don't think that this this is like the worst matchup for this Memphis team. Um, I don't know, like they're not going to be composed. That they're missing like key guys. It's it's look. This is this is kind of similar to what happened like two years ago when the Lakers were the seventh seed and they played the 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 Suns. The only reason the Suns won that series is because LeBron and Edie were hurt the whole time. Because the two games they were healthy, they kicked the shit out of. Uh-huh. It's going to be the same thing here. Um, I, I mean, maybe it goes to six, but I don't think the Grizzlies are going to beat this Lakers team. Um, they're just yeah. I mean, if LeBron and AD are healthy, I yeah. I, I don't really see. I don't want to say anyone beating them in the West, but I think they have as good of a chance as anyone to, to win the West. Yeah, this is this is his. This is this is the I most mean, open year. LeBron wants another title. I mean, he has one already with the Lakers. I mean, he's if he wins another title with, with the Lakers, the case is closed about who's the greatest between Michael. I mean, not not I honestly think it's already 
I, I've, I've already said this numerous times. I, I think LeBron's the greatest player ever. If he wins another title this year with the, the Lakers, I think the case is closed. So like he's, he's got a, I do, really. Honestly. I, I really I, think that. Yeah, that, that would be to say something leading three franchises to rigs. Um, well, he I did mean, it he, already. Three he multiple. The three, COVID oh, year, no, but I mean, sorry. he went one with the Lakers. That that there's not even a conversation anymore. It, it's it's not like he's the greatest. I mean, I I believe he already is, but I mean, a lot of people especially still, as a seven seed where it yeah. hasn't been done before. But I mean, I'm just looking at the rest of the West. Nobody in in the West really scares me at all this year. I mean, Denver Denver hasn't played great down the stretch. I mean, but. I mean, so, I mean, we'll talk about the playoff matchups a little bit as a whole, but like nobody this year, and, and my, I don't, I don't think anyone in the NBA this season is is so fantastic. Milwaukee. I mean, Milwaukee is probably the best team I would say on paper, but I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll I, get to that. Yeah. No, we'll, this we'll, this we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but yeah. Honestly, it this is this is something I want to say for both of them. the plan teams in the East are basically a snore. Um. It's but in the West, it's the the nine ten matchup is the the entertaining one. Um, like this one is basically chalked, and that one's entertaining. I kind of want the Thunder. I think that would be a lot of fun. The only like the only thing we're we're not getting is it's like they're not playing like. No, it's too bad. It's too bad. Chet Holmgren got hurt too because they were looking pretty good with Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren looked like he was he was looking pretty. He was going to fix a lot of their problems. No, I think he was looking. He was looking pretty good in the preseason. When they get him next year and. Just like, like remember when Embiid was out that first year? I think Embiid got hurt one of his. Embiid first played years. thirty games in his first three seasons, so it's yeah, not and then, like. And then, and then he after, and then once he came into the league, was a fucking beast. But I mean, hopefully, home you'd be like that, where he got hurt his first year, but then comes back the next year and just dominates because he looked he looked awesome in um in the summer league. Honestly, mm-hmm. like when when we're talking about this this matchup, I think the Thunder. I want the Thunder to win, but like the Pelicans are lucky that the the Mavs are such a dumpster fire. Because they would be the team with the largest with the largest question marks. Because this is year what three that Zion's been in the league where he's played like fifteen games or some shit. Well, yeah, he's uh, not he's coming back anytime league. soon. That's, that's always his problem. He's got too big of a build. He's, he, I mean, he's, they're trying to make him thinner, but he's he's still a little overweight. Right, like they would have an issue with this, and they just as a team underachieved more than anybody else. Like you argue injuries and stuff, but Towns missed. 50 fucking games. I mean, and, and, and it's too bad because, you know, when Zion's healthy, he's averaging 26 a game. I mean, he's a beast when he's healthy. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I don't want the Pelicans in this. I'd rather – I think it would be a much more fun series to for the uh, the, war, the, gold, uh, the Nuggets to play the Thunder because you get you get Shea on the, well, on too, the big stage they're, they're, uh, where he division, deserves to be. Division rivals too, like the Thunder and the, and the yeah, um, he, Nuggets too. He's on a, the a big stage. On his his best season, we get to see some Jalen Williams. You know, we haven't seen the Thunder basically since the bubble. You know, it's a good. I mean, they're going to get steamrolled. They may get one, but uh, I think it would definitely be more fun than this 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 uh, um, Pelicans team where you know Brandon Ingram's good, but like, no, it's not. It's not really relevant. Even if the Timberwolves make it, like, hmm. they're going to get walloped too. Yeah, so you guys do feel at least from the four teams, seven through ten in the West, that it's OKC has the best chance to at least put up a, some sort of a. Or sorry, the Lakers. I'm sorry that the Lakers are the team out of this bunch who can't put some sort of a fight. And you guys even think that they can even make a run at it? That's only. Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree with you on that. I I feel like the Lakers present a good stylistic matchup for the. 
if if they were to beat the um, Timberwolves, they, they present a lot of problems for the Grizzlies. Yeah, I, I agree with that. All right, cool. Good stuff there. Now let's transfer it over to the East. We have the Miami <laughs> Heat versus the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks had started a really rough start of the season, really, really rough. And they somehow figured it out. And the Heat had some momentum, and they've had some tough matchups and losses down the stretch. Now, going through here, seven through eight, sorry, the seven and eight matchup, what do you guys like, Heat or the Hawks? Um, It's a tough matchup for for me. Um, I feel like personally – um, the Heat are slightly better defensively than than Atlanta. I feel like they're a little bit more well coached in terms of Eric Spolstra um, than the than the Hawks are. I know the Hawks. I, I want to say the Hawks recently. This I want to say this year got rid of their coach earlier this year. Yeah, Quinn Snyder's yes. their coach. Yeah, they they're playing under McMillan. they're playing under um Quinn Snyder. Yeah, they're playing on Quinn Snyder, but they they got rid of McMillan early in the year, didn't they? Or, That's right. Yes. Well, look, the Hawks are the like the most mid team. Like statistics, yeah. it's like incredible how like statistically yeah, so they I mean, like, okay. they're 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 playing in their first like they haven't even played a full season under um under Nate McMillan. So it's like I, I feel like honestly it could be a little bit tough for them to really adapt more to the Quinn Snyder style play. Um, and that being said, I I like actually Miami. I feel like Miami could give the. I feel like if if I'm seeing that seven eight matchup, and I'm the Boston Celtics, I'd be terrified of the Miami Heat. You got I agree. You got Jimmy Butler. You got one of the best defensive teams in the East. Um, if you look at the statistics, I want to say they're they're one of the top defensive teams in the Eastern Conference right now. They 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 allow under 110 points a game, which is kind of crazy to me to say that that's one of the best defensive teams, considering how mm-hmm. how much our game has evolved. That 110 points per game allowing is is one it's of the shut best down. In the <laughs> well, shut down. Yeah. So the Heat have really tormented uh, Trey Young. They're like really good at locking him up. This Hawks team is just in not that good. Um, if I'm Boston, I'm definitely worried about Miami. But there's some caveats. One, they have the better coach, but they have no firepower. Like, like they, they're their best guys. Like, granted, Jimmy Butler remembers how to shoot in the playoffs, so obviously that'll make a difference. Um, but yeah, I this is this is a definitely an upset uh, one. To, to watch and it's I mean, possible you still like, got bam out of bio who, who was on the um olympic team when they won you got tyler hero who could shoot which i'm, I'm surprised tyler Hero is averaging 20 a game this year he's having a really well you also have the ghost of kyle lowry you got kyle point. lowry and oladipo so you got two two good two very good point guards and and gabe vincent too another guy who has postseason experience and, and kevin love so i feel like they're actually pretty deep the heat like they're, they're pretty yeah, but deep the, 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 the heat, the heat Celtic series is impossible to predict because they could get swept, they could sweep them, or it could go to seven. There's like literally no way to tell because this heat team's offense is so inconsistent. And like Boston, you don't really know anymore, like what you're going to get from that tonight. I mean, I love the addition of Kevin Love by by Miami. I think that gives them an extra wrinkle, a guy coming off the bench maybe, uh, who you can kind of rotate in. Um, I love that addition personally for Miami. Maybe the Udonis Haslam effects too. <laughs> and you know, I mean, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see that that series versus. Uh, I feel like I'm going to take Miami in that in that game over the uh, over the um over the Hawks. I would take Miami over the Hawks, but Miami comes out of this as the seventh seed, and I think Toronto comes out as the eighth seed. Mm. Yeah, this Toronto Bulls game. It seems like Toronto's team to win as well. Uh, game to win. 
Um, yeah, and honestly, feel- if anyone gave a shit about them, they'd be one of the most disappointing to- teams too. No, the the Bulls absolutely. No, the uh, the, the Raptors. The Raptors. The Raptors would be a disappointing team. Yeah, I mean, they, and I, I heard Nick Tell Nurse us why. coming back next year. They said they he's he's kind of in limbo. Fred Van Fleet played like shit. They might be getting rid of Nick Nurse. Um, they're the only team that really gave up a first rounder like tw- that didn't for for a player who wasn't Kevin Durant um, in the in the trade deadline. I don't know. And, I I feel like Chicago actually is going to win. Um, I feel like they're going to win the eight seed. Chicago actually, I feel like they're going to beat. Um, I, I actually have them beating the the Hawk. I have them beating the. Um, I have them beating the Raptors, and then I have them beating the Hawks. Actually, Chicago. I don't. I think I think the Raptors are going to beat them. I, I think they're them, better. I coach. have them getting the eight. The eight. I have Chicago. I, I, I guess it depends on on um, which Van Fleet shows up because he's been bad this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, with with the Hawks, with the the Bulls, I kind of like Zach Levine. Um, I feel like he could get hot in a couple in a two game stretch. I like Levine. I'm not as huge of a fan of, of their number one scorer, Pascal Siakam. I think Levine's a slightly better scorer than Siakam, in my opinion. So I feel like I would give the edge in terms of their top scorer for Chicago over over Toronto. I also like a lot DeMar DeRozan. He's still a proven player. Vucevic I like as their center. And I feel like they're a slightly better defensive team than the, than the, um, than the Raptors. All right, now the uh, spread is five is minus five uh, for Toronto, and yeah, see if they could salvage their season and give some hope with that fan base. But some interesting stuff, guys. Interesting stuff. But we really like to see um, out of these seven through ten here that the Heat is the one to take it, and then that eighth seed can you know could even. For two franchises who have disappointing seasons, maybe have a toss-up, but maybe we give a slight edge to um, to the Bulls on this one. Seems that they are less of a mess, and they're also fully healthy coming into this matchup as well. No, they're not. They're not fully healthy. Lonzo's missed the whole year. Oh well, yeah. Well, Lonzo, if I won't lie to you, you have straight up forgot about him. But um, in terms of this season, but yes, he's he's been missing all year. But on the injury report itself, there's um, no one else listed, at least for now. Yeah, but, I mean, besides Lonzo, besides Lonzo and, and and Justin Lewis, they've actually been pretty healthy for the Bulls. Right. So, so in, in comparison to the rest of the teams in the, in the East. Well, it'll be fun. It'll be really, really fun. Now we transfer to the weekend where the playoffs really begin. While we first talk about the local matchup here, the New York Knicks are going up against the Cleveland Cavaliers, the four and five matchup. And who would have thought this trade? Donovan Mitchell goes to Cleveland. Donovan Mitchell wanted the Knicks. Um, Danny Ainge was not buying, didn't give what he wanted, and he gives him up to, well, he doesn't give him up, but he trades him to to uh, Cleveland. So this dynamic of what could have been and it all meets up here in the first round of the NBA playoffs. The Knicks and the Cavs. What's going to happen, guys, here? I mean, I'll, I'll give a little bit of my insights. I mean, I'm, I'm just so sick and tired of Stephen A saying this won't be a successful season if, if they don't beat the Cavaliers. He's so full of shit. I swear to God, he's, he's fucking full of shit. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> like, this team won 
47 games. They pretty much achieved achieved every expectation of them coming into the season. You got Jalen Brenson, who, I mean, I'm not going to say he's going to get MVP votes, but like he looked like almost an MVP caliber player for the Knicks all year. Julius Randle's been playing well. He transformed the franchise for sure. R.J. Barrett has been fun quickly, and Grimes have been playing good. I mean, this is one of the deepest teams the Knicks have had in, in years. They have a ton of depth um, just on the roster as a whole. Just everyone, I feel like they have Mitchell Robinson who's a good rim protector. Um, they have a lot of pieces that honestly, I, I definitely do feel like they're going to give the they're going to give the um, Cavaliers some trouble in this series. I mean, and they also have Josh Hart, who they acquired, who's been great. Um, you still got guys like Fournier and kind of Manuel quickly could be the sixth man of the year the way he's yeah, been no, playing. They, they've been this team is one of the deepest. I, I would say it's actually one of the deeper teams in the NBA um, in terms of the amount of depth they have. So they've done a great job. My problem with the my problem with them is I don't necessarily know if they have that. I mean, Julius Randle, Julius Randle and Brunson are good, but I don't necessarily know if they have that killer number one guy who they need one guy who I want. Boy, I want this guy taking the shot at the end of the game. I don't necessarily know if they have that in comparison to guys like the Cleveland Cavaliers who have Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland, who I would I would trust a little bit more. But that being said, in a in a seven game series, there's no reason why the series shouldn't be six or seven. I like, mm-hmm. I, and there's no reason why they can't really, really like make this a great series versus the Cavaliers. And hey, you one, still also. Oh, sorry, you're saying the one thing I will say about the Cavaliers is is that I mean they're right now they have the best defensive rating in the NBA, so they're only giving up 106 points a game, which is I want to say about three. It's about three points better than the next closest team in Miami. So that's actually pretty interesting. It's going to be an interesting. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to see who steps up on the Knicks and who who can who can who can uh, score that defense. Are they going to rely more on Barrett? I think RJ Barrett's going to be the, the X factor in this series. Because they're going to be, be doubling so cool. Randall and they're going to be doubling Brunson, so I think RJ Barrett. We're going to see if he if he was really worth it for Leon Rose and the Knicks not to trade this guy to get to get Donovan Mitchell. We're going to see in this series if if he was worth keeping. And I I actually like the approach he did because they didn't have to give up any picks. They got all their they got Jalen Brunson for a good price and a good cost. They're not like the Dallas Mavericks where they gave up all the fucking picks in the goddamn world to get these two superstars and <laughs> all dependent. So I actually think this approach worked wonders for the Knicks. This is the deepest team they've had in years. Do I necessarily think it's something that's going to lead to a championship this year? Probably not, no. But, I mean, this is definitely the most exciting team the Knicks have had in in years. So it's nice to see that they're playing this team style of basketball. But my problem is we've seen this in the past where the Nets have had a team like this where they had a a team of heart with D'Angelo Russell and Kenny Atkinson as the coach. They won like 43, 44 games that everyone was saying what a great team it is. And that was so much fun watching them. Problem is those teams like that don't necessarily win championships in the feet year after year. So that's my concern. But in terms of who I think is going to win this series, I'd probably take the Cavs in six or seven. But I think it's going to be a much closer series than people think. Yeah, I don't think they're going to win. Um, I think that the, the Cavs are better. They're just, I think it goes five. Um, the, the, I think their defense is better. They have, they know how to close with it. I'm still not sure you can trust Julius Randle in the playoffs. And um, remember Julius is out at the moment. He might not how, be back until the end of the series. How could you also out. say you, you trust Donovan Mitchell either, considering you never got past the, the conference finals. Because I've yeah. seen Donovan Mitchell win a playoff series as a rookie. And then, basically take a team to seven 
and then, you know, win series. I've seen Julius Randle in the playoffs like once and he got blitzed by a, a not very good Atlanta team. So, like, you know, I, I mean, look, this is going to be – this is like a really good test case. Like, they, we haven't seen something like this in a long time where you have a player who could have been traded for the other guy, play each other on a playoff series this year. Yeah. <laughs> um. I also think, like, this Cavs team is only going to get better. At some point, they're going to figure out that third, that that rotationary piece, that that small forward guy. And Mobley's only going to get better, too. Like, you know, um, and maybe they don't keep Garland and, and Mitchell forever because, you know, it's hard with two smaller guards. But maybe uh, – um, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't say the Knicks are deeper than the Cavs? I actually think the Knicks may be deeper. They might have a better bench, actually, than the Cavaliers – like I, that's why I think the series is going to be a lot closer than people think. I, yeah, maybe I think maybe their 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 bench is a little closer, but you know your bench isn't as big a deal in the playoffs. Your bench just gets shorter, so that doesn't make as much of a, an impact. Well, you don't think it is because the, the Knicks are probably going to double Donovan Mitchell. Wouldn't you say that they're probably going to double him or have a, at least a spy on him? Okay, like I, it does it doesn't mean Darius Garland's not going to like. It here's the. I, the guarantees that I know from Cleveland are better than the guarantees from. Oh yeah, no, I I, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. And I I think like if you're gonna say the Knicks built or on defense, the Cavs defense is better. Well, the Cavs if defense you, is the best in the league right now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. If you're gonna go for what their best player has done when it matters, Donovan Mitchell, you could give him a ball and he could win you a game. We've we've never seen Julius Randle do that. Like I said, I think the X factor in this series is honestly, I, I think I think RJ Barrett could be X factor, and then we're gonna see if, if it was worth worth it for yeah, him. Yeah, well, that's over, great, over, uh, but I don't, I don't have zero belief in RJ Barrett because he sucked this year. Still averaging twenty a game, RJ Barrett. I mean, you can say how much he sucked. I mean, twenty a game is still twenty a game. Not from what got, he was expected from. He's a guy. I mean, he, I mean, maybe not quite what he was, you know, what he was expecting him, but the guy can still score the basketball. He's not like. He's not like an elite scorer, but he's someone I, I feel like as a, a second or third option, still a very good player. Does RJ still have time to develop in his career? He's been in the league for since 2019. He's only 22 years old, but do you still of course feel he has time to develop? Oh, definitely. No, no, nobody, nobody's going to say RJ Barrett is a good player. It's just he was a guy who was drafted very, he was drafted third overall by the Knicks. I mean, he was supposed to be a, you know, a all, just, you know, all at well some player. Point, and he's, He's he's been good, but he's not quite at the level yeah. where people thought he was. Which is some guys take a little bit of time. If you saw Andrew Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins took some time when he was on the uh, when he was on the um, Minnesota Minnesota. Yeah, they weren't and, now very he, good. and now he's on, and now he won a title with the Golden State Warriors and became one of the best defenders in the league. So, I mean, he some guys just take some time. Like I think maybe RJ Barrett is one of those guys who maybe just needs needs a year or two. But I don't necessarily think it was the wrong decision to keep him. Uh, my last question here for Face is, do you agree or disagree with Stephen A and also Hayden's um, reaction to it? If the Knicks, for some reason, lose this series, is this season as a whole a failure? No. <laughs> I mean, so what they're, they're going to say is, is that they lost to Donovan Mitchell and that, oh, because they should have fucking traded for him, that they lost that series because they didn't have <laughs> them one guy. That's what's going to be the storyline the whole season, which shouldn't be because the Knicks have actually built a team that has been top to bottom, is very deep throughout. throughout. 
and not one player shouldn't be necessarily, you know, would what we're going to see. We're going to see how much a superstar is really valued. And if Donovan Mitchell is quite whatever one in New York thought he was going to be, we're going to see. Also, we have the the thing that like the Knicks have a uh, they, they they're they're set for the offseason. There's like four teams that could like trade for a superstar. They're one of the teams that are like the best spot. Obviously, the dumbest thing for them to do would be trade for Trey Young. Um, but like, you know, maybe they're a Luka candidate. Um, yeah, they could definitely manage for Luka. And like I they wish have they all could, the picks. I wish they could get they, him. But, but Luka liked him. playing with. Um, with with Jalen Brunson, um, it would this would be a, a a good fit for them. Um, you know, this is a this is better than where people thought they would be. My question is, do you think the Knicks are going to give up all those picks to get a guy like Luca? Like, do you think they're they're going to give up? If they don't give it up for for a guy like Luca, there's no point in having. <laughs> yes, sir, you're right there. It's been way too long. It's it's time to make a change, and yeah, I think. This would be this will be a very interesting seven game series. My heart will say the Knicks, but my head will say the Cavs on this. They are a much deeper team. However, you cannot be you cannot be you cannot not be excited for the future because of, as you mentioned, the capital they have to make trades. And this team seems to be meshing well. I personally hope they trade Julius Randle. I think he's a dark cloud. And we see what he's really pissed. He'll come at his own teammates. And we don't want to see that happen in the playoffs if he makes a return to the lineup um, amongst his ankle injury. But yeah, only time will tell. And each game's going to be interesting after the next one. The only thing like that sucks is that because of the Mavs lost, um, the Knicks kind of get yeah. shut out of the 2023 NBA draft. Exactly. What a, but, that, but they did that on purpose with Cuban because they tanked it so they could get the, hot, the better well, pick. Maybe. We don't know yet. We won't know until Tuesday. Yeah, I'm excited to see how that uh, ruling goes down. But uh, for the other New York team... We have the Brooklyn Nets going up against the Philadelphia 76ers, the matchup that just keeps on happening in the postseason. So they somehow, some way, with Mikael Bridges in the squad, are able to qualify. They did not have to play in the play tournament, and it's pretty cool stuff for them. Then we have the Sixers, who we'll see once again, can they do it? Can they make some type of a run? Can they even get to the Eastern Conference Finals with the possible MVP of Joel Embiid? I think he's the favorite to this, but... Um, I think that Kevin O'Connor said he's like got a 20% lead right now. Or he's yeah, leading with 20% he's, he's of the, the MVP this year. He, he should win it over Jokic. Yeah, and Jokic That's hasn't been playing as well down the stretch either. I think it's, uh, he deserves it. But anyways, this team has the MVP... This team has Doc Rivers. They're playing a familiar oh, opponent. Don't even get me started, Doc Rivers. He's the most overrated coach. Is there anything you think he could do? Does he have to get to the finals with this team to at least change your mind? Yes, without a question. Doc Rivers has actually blown the most 3-1 and 3-2 leads, I want to say, in NBA history as a coach. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, only, a, that's a fact. I, saw, I actually saw only that. Had one title. He's only had one title with Boston, and that's when they had KG – um, Ray Allen and Paul Pierce. So, like, besides that big three, he's lost. He hasn't made the conference finals in any other year besides that. Besides besides his time in Boston, besides after, after the big three, he only made the – he only – he's made – he made two finals with the Boston. 
And then he lost one conference final. So like when he had the big three in Boston, he made two finals and lost in the in the conference finals. After that, he's not progressed past the conference finals in with the Clippers or the Sixers. And he's had and the Clippers he had superstars galore. And he's had superstars galore in Philly. So it's like he's lost in the conference semifinals three straight years. He lost he blew he blew lead versus Atlanta with Philly. He blew lead versus Denver with, with LA. Houston. Houston with the Clippers that that yeah, with the Clippers that, that he had that he had that three one lead with the Clippers and he blew that too. So it's like this guy has honestly been a proverbial choke job in the playoffs since twenty eleven. The guy has been the guy hasn't won anything in the playoffs. So I think we need to stop riding this guy's coattails off his off his tenure in Boston and realize the guy honestly hasn't done shit jack shit in the playoffs since that. <laughs> and if there's any coach under the most pressure in the playoffs. Right now, it's uh, it's him. At least with this matchup, though, do you think they'll be able to hit on the Nets pretty easily? Oh, yeah. Well, For this one, yeah. it's going to be five or six. I think six at the absolute most, but I would take the, yeah, the, yeah. the And six. also, like, like to be clear, they're the better team. Like, Embiid is going to eat. Um, oh, yeah, the Sixers are a much better team in this series. They, that's, the that's question is, like, how close the, the game is. Like, the, the game that they lose... <laughs> Is it's going to be because the Nets hit like 45 threes? It's it's going to be some like stupid high three point shooter game, um, and Harden turns into a pumpkin. Um, I think if they lose two and it's like two two instead of three two, it's definitely going to put some pressure on them. Um, but there was a stat that I saw today. I think it's pretty interesting and and not great for Nets fans. The <laughs> the players that they traded for for Kyrie and KD have played more minutes as Nets than KD Harden and Kyrie did together. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and Mikael no, Bridges has yet to miss. Mikael Bridges has yet to miss a game in the NBA. Like, okay, uh, but like, like to be fair, he played four seconds in the last one. Like, <laughs> like it counts. It wasn't I mean, like. Yeah, but, was, I mean, to be honest, that's still a pretty good streak, though. I mean, in all seriousness, yeah, eighty-three games. He's, uh, yeah, I think he's like the second player to ever play eighty-three in a game. Yeah, no, he's, I mean, you gotta, you gotta really like. Commend them. Yeah, no, they're nice, fun, sparky team. You got to commend Jock Vaughn too. He's done a pretty good job after. Um, Which know. is crazy because Jock Vaughn was like the worst coach in the league. Yeah, I mean, when they had Durant and all those guys, but he's done a pretty good job because it because it like I said, it, it kind of frees them up to uh, to do a little bit more when you don't have Durant and Kyrie. There's more of like a, a synergy and a chemistry. And yeah, I think this is obviously going to be the Sixers win. And uh, when we really when we break down the conference semis, then it'll be a really interesting discussion to see where it goes from there. And now, just the other two teams here, we have the number two seed, or sorry, the other two teams in the East, the two seed and the Celtics. They are reigning champions in the East. See if they. Do you think this team? Amongst all their controversy in the offseason, get a brand new coach and still seem like they haven't skipped a beat. Is this Celtics team and we can tie this in with the Bucks conversation as the one seed? Do you think ultimately the Celtics and Bucks are just gonna wind up beating each other in the in the conference finals? Uh, no, I, I don't actually. I think the Celtics are gonna if they get past the Heat or they get past whoever they play in the first round, um, I think they're gonna lose the uh the I think they're if there's one year where I would say that they're, they're going to lose, it would be this year to, to the 76ers, actually. No, they've had their I – don't, I don't know if they're going to lose to the Sixers. Um, I think I think they're probably going to lose to the Bucs. Um, 
in mm-hmm. the, in the conference finals because they they've killed the Sixers every time they played them. I mean, except the last time when they're wearing bead went off, but like they're a team that's just had their number. I don't know. Um, I just I feel like finally this is the year where the Sixers finally break through, and um, I feel like with Embiid and Doc Rivers and Harden, they they finally break through this year. This is the year I think they're going to get to the conference finals. Okay, yeah, Milwaukee's still winning the East. It, it's a run. No, I, I agree with you. I think Milwaukee's going to win the East in the end. But I mean, I think it's going to be Milwaukee versus not Philly, not 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 Boston. Right. Yeah, I, I think the best thing that kind of happens to Boston is they get their shit pushed in a little bit by uh by Miami, and they like figure figure out their shit like so that they're they're ready for Philly. But I think if they cakewalk Boston, they're going to get clapped by uh. I feel like, at least in the first game. Mm. And, you know, we mentioned how it was mentioned earlier how the Bucks are the best team, regardless of how this all goes with this Bucks team. Um, do we have any more comments with them? No, I mean, I, I like I said, I mean, all throughout the season, I feel like the Bucks have been the best team throughout the NBA. I, mean, I feel like they've been the best team in, in the NBA this season. With Giannis, they still have. I mean, if you're not one's healthy, the Bucks are the are probably going to win. Yeah, Bucks. Uh, I would say the Bucks are probably going to win this year. But I mean, if if you don't have uh, Jokic or or um, Embiid winning the MVP, Giannis is definitely a, a great third guy. Um, Giannis has been on a tear. He's he's probably the most complete player in the NBA right now. I mean, would you would you argue that? Yes, he still can't shoot for sure. But he's he's that's, he's, that's like a big deal. <laughs> well, he's not a great shooter, but like. In terms of like how exactly, in terms of versatility, I feel like Giannis is one of the most. Versatile. Is he the most versatile player in the league? Probably, yeah. Yeah. So um, I mean, and the guy's still averaging thirty-one a game. I mean, yeah, he, he had a bomb. He's, he's he's a fifty-five. He's shooting fifty-five percent from the field. So it's like you you could say he can't shoot, but like. Yeah, but a lot of it's it's his paint damage. Like he's he's still like his 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 overall. Oh, no, he's not a three point shooter. He's never has been. He's never been a great three point well, shooter. He's not even life. been like a good shooter this season. The grand look, they did this basically without. Chris Middleton for like ninety percent of the season. Uh, like so. I also, I think one of the X factors for them is like Brook Lopez. Actually, like he's been honestly like really, really he's been pretty good. Brook Lopez, kind of. Yeah, kind they, of look, the the issue for Milwaukee is in like a year or two when they they don't have Brook Lopez anymore, or like finding some more help for Chris Middleton. Like they just got to restock the, the the team. And. Yeah, but for now, take advantage while you can and see if you get that second ring under like, your belt. I mean, there's people who are arguing that the Bucks are going to have both the defensive play of the year and and Giannis. Like, so it's I think that's pretty, you know, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the the upper the East really isn't that going to be that entertaining um, for the first round, mostly because. Milwaukee's probably just going to obliterate wherever they play. Especially if, like, if Atlanta somehow makes it into the eighth seed, they're going to get swept. Um, right. And then, like, maybe, maybe Toronto and and uh, uh, Chicago get one, but like that's that's it. They're going to get walled. Um, and then, I other than the the. The Boston series and then the Knicks series, there's not really much else in the East. It's going to be pretty easy. Yes, that's exactly why I saved the Western Conference for the second half of this, save best for last. And I'm really excited to first talk about this matchup. The darlings of the NBA for the first time since 2006, we're going to see the Sacramento Kings play in the postseason. 
with uh, what Mike Brown has done with players like Sabonis, De'Arian Fox. It's pretty, pretty fantastic. And who are they going up against? None other than your reigning NBA champions, the Golden State Warriors. Talk to me about this magic, guys. Where do you see this going? Um, I mean, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna, i give a little bit of my insight. I mean, for, to be honest with you, the Kings have been a great story. Mike Brown should be the coach of the year. Um, but this is a terrible <laughs> matchup for the, for the Kings. They, they're running gun team. <laughs> they're averaging 120 points a game. But you're also playing... Probably the greatest running gun team ever in the history of the NBA, in in the the Golden State Warriors, who just can, who has I just saw a statistic recently. Clay Thompson, Steph, and Jordan Poole had the most three pointers combined in the history of the NBA in a single season this year. So I, I think if there's one team you didn't want to play that plays exactly like them, um, it's going to be the Golden State Warriors. And I don't I I personally do not think even right now on like as long as they've been doing this, I do not think there's a team that can honestly. Shoot like Steph Clay and and Jordan Poole and the, those boys on the on the Showtime Showtime Warriors. I I think this is a terrible matchup for the Kings, and I feel like this is one where the, the Golden State Warriors are gonna are gonna win this in six. Like I I think it's it's a terrible matchup for the Kings. I don't feel like they match up pretty well. They're, they're matching up literally. It's the same style of play. You, you, if you want to beat the if you want to beat if you want to beat the the Warriors at their game, go right ahead. But I mean. I'm just going off previous history and what they've done this season and how they've been able to. They were eight and two in their last ten games. They're catching fire towards the end of the year. Um, I, I I think this is a roaring freight train, and I I wouldn't want to be playing these guys in the playoffs right now if I would. I, anyone, anyone. I I mean I I still have a hard time taking picking against them to to not make it to the come out of the West to be honest. But I mean that's just my take. I feel like the Warriors are going to win this series in six. I'll let. I'll let um, I'll let you guys chime in on that, but that's just my take on this. You have a team averaging one eighteen point nine, and then another team averaging one hundred and twenty, and then they're both pretty they're both pretty crappy defensively. But because of their styles of play, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but you're going to get a lot of points in this series. The Kings and the Clippers played the highest scoring game ever in NBA history earlier this year. I want to say what was it like one hundred and seventy to like it was yeah. like one hundred seventy five to one hundred seventy one. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to be seeing uh, games in the 130s and 140s in this series in terms of the um, Kings and the Warriors. Yeah, this is like he said it. This is the worst match. This well, actually, the Lakers would would have been a, just as bad a matchup for them. Um, but God, you know, this is a fun Kings team. Um, they they can you know they could get better. Keegan Murray will be better. Um, <laughs> They, they have the ability to trade some guys um, and, you know, shore up some more stuff. They had a good year from Malik Monk and Kevin Herter. Um, it was a fun team. And, you know, welcome to the playoffs. It's, you know, time to get to take your lumps. Um, so we'll see. They, they, got a, they got a good fun, you know, it's a good story. Um, that That's really all there is to it. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's funny because, I mean, this just shows, you know, you know, the underlying theme and, you know, one of the things people talk about the NBA, the seeding really mattered. And this is a three seed against a six seed, but it seems that the Warriors are overwhelming favorites despite that. And, you know, things just completely change, you know, play teams play more fundamental basketball. They say that's when defense comes in, but um, I'm really interested in, um, you know, how this, how, what you guys think of that and the seating here, despite what was, like, what's going I on? I think it's going to be a good series. Like, I actually do think it will go, it will go six and seven. I, ju- I just feel like this, this slightly yeah. in the series. 
Yeah, and I do too. I do think Golden State's winning it too, but it's just funny how this all pans out. And what do you, what I does mean, seeding matter? <laughs> what we could see in this series is you're going to see a potential superstar in Sabonis come out. Like you're going to see that because <laughs> Sabonis is a guy that's gone under the radar playing for Sacramento. He's not a guy who gets a lot of attention. Him and uh, him and De'Aaron Fox have not got a ton of attention this year. Um, so you're going to see how really good these are. I mean, it's it's going to be an exciting series to watch. Like if they can beat Golden State. I mean, watch out for that. Imagine, like, no, if they can, I mean, you're gonna see the, you're gonna see the, uh, kind of these two guys come into the forefront of of NBA superstar conversations. Because Sabonis has been incredible with the, uh, with the, um, the Kings. Kind of, he's not quite like. I mean, the Kings have had European stars in the past. Um, Vlad Divac played for them for a while. Page Stojakovic. Even Page Stojakovic. Like they've they've done very well with European players, the 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 um the Kings in the past. So it'd be nice it'll be cool to see um Sabonis be that next guy for them. Yeah, and um as Box said, this is just um as Face has said, this is just a great, great story. But it's a lot of fun, and I do want to see them make a push at least. I mean, another crazy fact. This weekend, this past weekend, the Kings were on ABC on a primetime network for the first time since 2007. And here we are now. I mean, yeah, they haven't been really, really good since. Like, who, who is a Kings fan been... besides Hassan Majan? Like, nobody. No, and it's it's too bad because when they had Bibby and they had Chris Webber, like, they were they were a pretty big deal when they had those guys. Page Stoyakovich, like you, like you said. And the refs yeah. screwed them against Kobe and Shaq. Well, yeah, they should have won that series. So, like, they've had a lot of great players. They've had they've had some, some good players. It's nice they've to been see them in the league. The franchise has been around for a long time, but it's nice know. to see them finally getting back to to because the, they had the longest playoff streak in in, in uh, sports. Not, we're, yeah. not, we're not talking about who has the longest one now because I don't even <laughs> I mean, I a whole other day. But, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's you know, so. rhymes with bets. All right. So we also have the Suns and the Clippers going at it. You know, this would be a much more interesting series if both teams are fully healthy. But, uh, you know, no Paul George, but um, this Clipper team, can they make a push against the Suns team? And can the Suns, if they have their core four all meshing well together and being able to play on the floor at the same time. Can they start a deep run? And uh, now that you have Kevin Durant on your team. Yeah. I mean, look, it depends on, which is very like, like Paul George, they need him because they need that other wing guy. Um, They, they need that. Look, I, I very much want to see, we're going to get that Westbrook game where he either, torpedoes his team by going like four for 26 or he goes like for 45 15 12 um and wins some game then we're gonna get one of those two games probably both um it depends on when paul george comes back they need that other wing um and it depends on health like if phoenix is healthy they're gonna win they're, they're, they're just better they just have more firepower um i don't know i like this we, we said this when we talked about it on the trade deadline. On paper, if they're healthy, Phoenix is probably going to win the title. It's a shitty way for them to win the title. It, it doesn't feel right for this team to win the title this year. 
I have no idea what this, this is going to be an, a very interesting series. Um, you know, just a lot of a lot of animosity here. <laughs> right. I mean, this is it's going to be it's going to be interesting. You're going to see Westbrook with the rant. Um, it's that's going to be a very interesting matchup. Um, to, to be honest with you, Durant is probably the greatest player that the game has ever seen, besides LeBron in this generation. I I, I think I I really honestly believe that if there's no, not a guy, if there's not a guy like like LeBron, Durant would be my number two, like for, for this generation. So I think he does need to add add another chip, not with the Warriors, to really cement his legacy. That being said, um. If Paul George is healthy and he comes back in, in by, I want to if if he can get back by game two, I think there's a legitimate chance the Clippers can win the series. I have I have said it all year. I actually have I actually had the Clippers coming out of the West begin the season, and I'm gonna stick with that for for now. Based off my previous prediction, I'm not gonna renege on that. So I have the Clippers winning this series. Um, that I mean, to, right now I would probably say. I would probably say yes, uh, what he said, that the Suns do have more star power. But um, I actually like the Clippers' depth. depth. I do. Um, I think it really depends on their health. I mean, this is a tough series to predict because the yeah. the, the Suns do have the best player. When, when fully firing and healthy, Kevin Durant's the best player on the planet. I would say probably him and Le- LeBron are the two best players on the planet from what they've done as, as their careers and – what they can do. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to, to see this series play out. Uh, I do, but I, I think it's going to be very interesting. I think we're really, I don't know. It, it's, it's really hard for me to say this series. I think what's also going to kind of sway this series. Is if Devin Booker plays to up to a standard and if they can, if Booker and Durant, I, <laughs> like I said, I actually, I agree with his, his take that they have more star power with the, the Suns, but I mean, just my previous prediction, I kind of have to take the words because I did predict them to make the finals, so I'm going <laughs> to stick with that. But I mean, just going off right now, I it would the the smart move would probably be to pick the, the Suns in the series. But if Paul George is healthy and he comes back in a reasonable time, that could sway that could sway sway the uh, the prediction a little bit. But I mean, it really depends on Paul George's health and if he can come back earlier than anticipated in this series. All right. Now, the one and two seeds here, Grizzlies and the Nuggets waiting on their opponents. Do we see any of these two teams making a push? Especially, what you know, we did hit on the Grizzlies earlier and their ceiling and what they could do and who they're missing and how they can make up for it. But we should really hit a lot on the Nuggets, too, as a number one seed. Do you think they are justified as a number one seed? And with their big three and um, Murray and Murray Jokic and uh, and Porter, uh, Michael Porter wins. And do we think this is going to be good? The playoffs. They're going to win the first round. Like, look, the problem with this Denver team is they're so good offensively, they just can't guard anybody. Like, like, who is the best defender on this team? Is it is it Bruce Brown? Is it maybe Aaron Gordon? Like, Mike Carter Jr. can't guard anybody. Like, Jokic, like, is so fucking good offensively, but the dude just isn't athletically built enough to be, like, a drop center. 
Um, so it's it's hard for him. And it's, it's a weird mixture for this team. They really need like that one wing guy. And a lot of that like hurts the fact that they don't have a, a guy who can guard on the wings or at the point of attack. So it does drag down their, their numbers to make them work worse. But their offense is so freaking good. They're just going to obliterate whoever they, they play. I think it would be more fun for them to play the, the Thunder because the Thunder have, you know, more fun team. But, you know, they're going to they're gonna roll through this first round. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. They're going to roll through this, this first round. Um, like, I, like I said, I, I agree with your take on um the fact that they, they don't necessarily have that, that wing dependence. I mean, maybe if you want to but if you really want to go there, maybe Caldwell Pope, but I don't I don't love him personally as, as a wing defender. They could use another wing guy. Uh, that being said, there is a lot of options they have on, on the scoring scoring side of the ball. And Jokic is like I said, another guy who really needs to prove something in this series, in this uh in this playoff series. He's a guy who could be a three time three time straight uh, MVP winner. So I feel like we want to see how great he is. This would be the time that Jokic proves his worth. And another guy who uh, Mike Malone too, the coach, the um, hasn't hasn't gotten past um, another guy who hasn't got past Golden State. So, but yeah. the playoffs right now is about the team that's going in hot and who can really get hot and uh and just gonna snap a finger. I don't necessarily think the Nuggets are that team that has the scoring power and the necessarily and the three point shooting ability quite like like the Warriors and other teams in the West right now. So it's gonna be hard. Um, you need playing a playoff series. You need guys who can, you know, score at will. I don't necessarily know that the even right now that the um, Nuggets have the, the firepower that the Kings or the Kings, the Kings, the Kings, Clippers, Suns, or the um, or the Warriors have. I, I don't necessarily know about that. And it also is about who, which team is going into the playoffs in the hottest. And right now, the other teams in the West are, are much hotter, and I feel like playing a little bit better at the moment than the Nuggets are. But I, I do think they're going to win this first-round series. But um, I, I don't necessarily think that 4-5 or five matchup is very favorable for them as the number one seed going if they if they, if they if they get past the uh, the first round. So that, that's my take on it. But we'll see. Um, Jokic has to prove his worth as this elite player, and he's been a very – He's a guy that people, based off the back-to-back MVPs, w- would say is an elite player. But until he gets su- sustained success in the playoffs, nobody's going to really take him all that seriously. So there's a lot of pressure on him. There's a lot of pressure on Mike Malone. So we'll see. We'll see if they can fulfill the prophecies that they have and and the pressure they have on their shoulders. I do think Denver makes some noise if they can win a couple of rounds here. <laughs> I like to see what they do. And they can't say, and they can't say that injuries are an excuse at this point. They really can't. It's just the West this year is so wide open, so it's like I, this is anyone's game this year. Yeah, that's why really the, does the seating really matter at the end of the day? No, this 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 year this this year and last year the, the playoffs have been very open. I think so too. So well, we said that last year, and then the Warriors ended up winning again. So it's you know, <laughs> until they lose, the safe bet would probably be to bet bet on the Warriors until until someone beats them. And remember, the the last year's playoffs were tough to watch. There was no real close games, no classic series. And, um, oh, that's all I hope with this as a whole, that the postseason just is way more competitive. I mean, the last year that the Warriors only won 51 games and, and steamed their way to the title. This year they, they won 44, but, you know, you could argue that the East was closer because last year you had the Suns win 64 games. And the problem yeah, when, you look at the, when you look at the, the West, it's that 
I, which team, honestly, can you say in the playoffs really got better than it did last year? <laughs> oh, just on paper, the Suns. Yeah. But, you know. And the Nuggets. Yeah, but the Suns won 64 games last year. They won 40. They won. Uh, yeah, but on paper, they're better than this team that they than they were last year. I mean, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say the Clippers are any better. Maybe the Nuggets would want to go there. The Grizzlies, I would say, were better last yes, year. Yes, the Nuggets are better by the sheer fact that they added Jamal Murray and Michael Borger. Yes, those are better. They're a better team than they were last year. But, like, there's more parity. We haven't <laughs> seen parity like this in a long – probably since 2015. Um, yeah, I mean, because, there, there's a ton of parity this year because the the um, the third seed and the sixth seed are only separated by four games. So, Yeah. <laughs> Funny how it all plays out. So why don't we make those future picks once and for all? Put it on camera. Who do you think is coming out of the East? Who's coming out of the West? Who's going to be your NBA Finals champion? And with me, I say the Warriors, no matter where you're going to put them, they still have their core. They still can win series. And as long as Steve Kerr is the coach and leading them, he's going to keep continuing his series streak. What's it like? It's at least over, what, 20, 21, 22 straight playoff series that he's won something like that but yeah this is the warriors gonna continue being the warriors they're coming out of the west and the east i think the bucks um are gonna be sound they're gonna have everything together Giannis being Giannis, the return of chris middleton and as hated said very good they have the defensive player of the year on and um and that the uh, team is an amazing defensive team. And as long as things pan out there, it's going to be an interesting Bucks and Warriors series. Oh, uh, I mean, I'm going to. Oh, make- excuse me. Um, And I think that the uh, Bucks are actually going to be the ones to throw the Warriors here. The Bucks are going to win a seven game series and uh, win their second title in three years. Um, I'll give my pick. Um, I feel like if the Clippers somehow win this series versus the Suns, that's my pick to the finals. I've I've said it. I said that at the beginning of the season, and I'm going to say it now. I am going to take a Clippers Bucks finals with the Bucks winning it all. I'm not confident in that pick necessarily right now with the Clippers, but I did have them at the beginning of the season, and now that they are in the top five teams, if they can somehow get past the the Suns, uh, that's that's the team I feel like will will represent the the Western Conference in the finals. I think it will be a Clippers Warriors. Conference finals. Bad. I have the Clippers taking that. Yeah, I have. But, I mean, if I if I could change my prediction, I would probably take the Warriors. But I mean, I'm I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna continue. I'm going to keep my original prediction. Yeah, I got Nuggets, Bucks, the Bucks winning. I, I I think the Bucs, it doesn't I don't think it matters. The Bucs are gonna win either way. Um and then uh I I don't I don't think it matters who comes out of the West. I think the Bucs are still All right. Good stuff, gentlemen. Well, that'll wrap this up, this playoff preview. Let us begin our journey to the NBA finals. I'll talk with you guys after the conference sorry. I will talk with you guys after the quarterfinals are done in the first round, and then we can now have a better grasp of where things are going, and it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. So thanks again to Hayden Adler. 
Check him out on the Cell Score podcast on Spotify. Check out Fresh Faces New Ideas on Twitch and all social platforms there. And we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Hayden and Fresh Faces all-stars absolute all-stars thank you for coming on guys and let us have a great journey together covering the nba postseason it's going to be a lot of fun don't forget to like and subscribe to the productive conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and youtube and don't forget to check out our content exclusively across all our social media platforms we're on instagram at productive conversations podcast twitter at prod combo pod and we're on tiktok at productive conversations so this will be our only show this week we are back to doing two shows a week next week. Just going to take a small break as we relax and rejuvenize and get ready for an amazing, amazing spring with this show. It's going to be a lot of fun, and you do not want to miss it. We're going to bring back Jake from the Bronx Zoo next week. He will make his return on Tuesday the 18th, so a week from today. And then, bam, we have a great spring planned for you we have a lot of cool events we're still looking for people to participate in the productive matchmaking the first ever game show podcast where we hope to find you love and set you up with your special match dm productive conversations podcast on twitter and show your interest or email productive conversations podcast at gmail.com for more information and yeah just a small little break and then we'll be back a week from today and we'll have nothing but incredible quality content from the productive conversations podcast as per usual so with that i want to just thank hayden nadler and fresh faces new ideas for their contributions in the NBA playoffs preview show. I want to thank Alex DeJesus, a.k.a. Dolo Ren, for what he does in producing content as our associate producer. And I want to thank you, the greatest fans and listeners in the world, for always supporting us and for always being the best fan group we have in the entire world. So check us out throughout the week on our social media platforms for exclusive content. And we'll be back a week from today with Jake from the Brog Zoo. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. And don't forget to check in on your friends and family. All right, much love. Peace.